to my topic, I want to say that I will come in agreement with the singers that truly when we consider all that God has accomplished and done for us, we can truly say he is good. Amen. He's a good God. He still does amazing things. Whether we recognize it or not, he's doing amazing things each and every day in our lives. We just probably have not recognized it. But the fact that you're alive and well, the fact that you have the functionality of your lips, your lips, your hands, your lips also, God still is good. And even if you don't have the functionality of your lips or your hands or your feet or whatever it is, he's still good. <laughs> he's still good. And we're going to talk a little, a little bit about that today, all things working for my good. And my topic is simply all for my good. Amen. Because it is. Because God is good. That's what the Bible said. God is good in everything that he does. It is for our good. Let's go to the book of Romans chapter 8 and 28. It is a scripture that we all know. If you've been on Morning Manor, you've heard me say this over and over again. But I wanted to take a deep dive into it today. Just get another understanding of it. Because, you know, when we read scripture, every time we read it, we get another revelation. Well, at least I do. <laughs> because I absolutely believe there are at least seven levels of revelation you can get from any passage of scripture. At least seven levels of revelation you can get from any passage of scripture. Just because you read it one time and you got a little bit of understanding... I promise you, you read it again, you get another level of understanding. If you read it again, you get another level of, a level of understanding. If you're not, then you need to talk to the Holy Spirit or pray that he will open up your eyes of understanding that when you read the Holy Scriptures, these are holy, these are God's words, You, the Scriptures will reveal itself to you. It really speaks back to you. When Jesus said, my words, their spirit and their life, it simply means they are alive and active and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. That is the Word of God. The Word of God even can discern your thoughts and the desires of your heart. Really can even get down that deep because the Word is alive. And so you want that Word to be alive in your thinking. You want the Word of God to talk back to you, reveal itself, that the mysteries of the kingdom 
will become real to you and your, your greater understanding of scripture will boost your faith and you get to see life in a whole different realm and with a different perspective. And I promise you, when you get to that place of perspective, things in this world won't bother you as much. It will not. And the things that happen to you will not bother you as much. You deal with it from a heavenly perspective. Amen. And that's a place of faith and a place of understanding. And without understanding, you're not going to get to that level. Without wisdom, without knowledge of the word and the understanding of the word, you will and you cannot get to that level. Remember, you must see the word, hear the word, understand the word in order to be converted by that word. Amen. And it's hard to walk into something that you do not have a revelation of. So you must need a, you need a revelation of the things that God is trying to teach you in his word in order for you to walk in it and for you to benefit from it. Amen. To get all its benefits, you need to know how the word works, what it's all about, what God is trying to say to you, where he's trying to take you, and ultimately his plan for your life. So let's turn to the book of Romans 8 and 28. I really enjoyed this as I put it together this morning and as God speak to my heart about this and I wrote some stuff down. And, you know, so I'm going to share what I wrote down with you today. And I pray that it is relevant and you could truly understand what the Spirit of the Lord is saying unto us today. I really want us to move to levels and levels in understanding. And not we're not no longer babes in the Word, but we have grown and we've become mature in the Word. So we can see the Word at a whole nother place and a different level. All right, so Romans 8.28. And we know... That is absolute knowledge, right? We know means I have absolute knowledge, right? No doubt, no issues about that. It's a known entity. It's a known thing. It's, it's, a, it's a known wisdom, right? So Paul is saying all things work together for good. When we said all things, it means whatever happens, good and evil, whether up, down, it doesn't matter. All things work for good to them that love God. And so here the Bible is telling us that there are a group of people, a separated people, and these people, things work together, whether good or evil. Um, it will work always work out for their good. The people that this is for are those who love God and those who are called according to God's purpose. So apparently, this is not for everybody, okay? I want us to understand that. These scriptures, it's not for everybody. These are for God's people. God's people. If you're a child of God, this is for you. If you're not a child of God, this is not for you. And who are those? It separates them, those who love God. And who love God? Jesus said, those who love me will keep my commandments. So, the lovers of God are those who are walking according to God's word. If you're not walking according to God's word, then you're not a lover of God. And so, this is not going to work for you. I must put that out there. You must understand it. All things work together for good to them that love God. Okay? And so, to them who are the called 
according to his purpose. So you love God, and because of your love of God, you have been called to God's purpose. So God's purpose will be fulfilled in your life if you are a lover of God. Let me say it again. God's purpose will be fulfilled in your life if you are a lover of God. And why is that? Because God is working it out for your good. So if you love God, you'll keep off his word, then God's purpose is going to be worked out in your life. So whether you're going through a process of good or evil, or you're going through bad times, good times, sick times, healthy times, rich times, poor times, it does not matter if you are serving God, if you are a lover of God, God is going to work it out for your good. Now, let's look at good in two different realms because we're in a temporary realm. So there are things in the temporal, but then ultimately we have the eternal realm. And so we want to make sure we understand that there are things, some things are going to work out in this realm, but ultimately it's for our eternal good. Amen. And we cannot just focus on it working out for good in this realm because ultimately some things don't work out good in this realm. It doesn't. But will it, is it for your good in all of eternity? Yes. Mm -hmm. There's some bad things going to happen in this realm and you're not going to like it. You're not, you're not going to like the outcome of it, but for eternity, it was for your good. Now, let's, let's look at that because there's good in time and there's good in eternity. And I have to get us to focus on our eternal existence more than our temporary existence. All right. So some afflictions in time are in no way, shape or form good. Some things, no, <laughs> just just not good. We will be considered crazy to think disease and sickness, lack and poverty and all manifestations of evil can be of any good. Right. The temp, the man who only thinks in the natural, the person who only thinks in the temporary, they cannot see anything coming out of that that could possibly be good. You see, if we look at our issues from our ages perspective or the world's perspective, this ion, this eon that we're in. And if we look at it with an earthly mindset, we will rarely recognize the eternal good that all these things can work for us. And remember, these are for the people who love God. Okay, we let me say that again. This is for folks who love God. Simply means you're not doing things that bring all kinds of consequences to yourself, right? You're walking according to the word of God. You're not out there sinning. You're not robbing, stealing, lying, cheating, you know, all those things of the world and causes some serious consequences into your life. You're not doing those things. Why? Because you're a child of God. But because we're in an evil world, Bad things happen to the saved. Bad things happen to the holy and the righteous. And God says, I'm going to use those things for your good. 
All right. So we cannot look at our issues. If we're lovers of God, we're servers of God. We cannot look at our issues from this world's perspective. We cannot look at it from an earthly mindset. We must always connect our eternal good and say, God, I know you have me. You're taking care of me. You're looking out for me. You promise your eyes will always be on me. So whatever I must go through, whatever I must learn in this, I want it to work out for my eternal good. You see, when we love God, we submit to him, right? We submit to the issues. We submit. Why? Because God's got us. We have nothing to worry about. Listen, we have to live life without fear. We have to live life without being afraid. And if we're children of God and we're living according to his word, we'll just look at everything from an eternal perspective. Amen? Does our afflictions draw us closer to God? If it does, then that's for our eternal good. You see, sometimes, sometimes God will allow some afflictions to come our way to get us to refocus. Because if, if, if it did not happen, we will go astray. And I'm going to show you a particular scripture for that. If it don't have, if it didn't happen, you and I would go astray because things are working out so good in the temporary. We tend to lose our focus on the eternal. <laughs> yeah, temporary good could be so good, you lose sight of who you are. <laughs> and so God would have to put a monkey wrench in our engine to stop that engine from churning. And so you could once again reconnect with it. So God in his ultimate wisdom, his wise doing, uses our circumstances, even the foolishness that we do to bring about his overall plan and purposes for our lives. Let me say it again. God uses our circumstances, even the foolishness that we do, to bring about his overall plan and purposes for our lives. Well, is there a particular person in scripture that we can go through? Certainly, there are a few, but I will use the one that we know quite well. And his name is Joseph, the man who his father loved him more than all his brothers. But that's a whole nother story. So we can see, um, we can see what we're talking about, all things, all for his good, working in the life of Joseph. God's overarching plan was for him to become a ruler in the highest order. That was God's overarching plan for his life. So God gave him a dream, showing him God's ultimate objective or vision or plan or destiny. God showed him his destiny. And how many know, we have said this so many times in Living Word. Living Word, we got a lot of prophetic utterances. How about the end revealed is a sure thing. It sure is. God showed Joseph the end, where he's going to end up. And he, but he didn't show him the process. <laughs> God uses the circumstances to bring him to the place that he has showed him. So the end reveal is a sure thing. So if God gives you a vision of your future, just hold on to that picture because it's going to take place. And no matter what, no matter how foolish you are and silly and the silly mistakes you make, God's going to use all those things for your good. So God gave him a dream, showing him the vision, his ultimate destiny. However, Joseph used it as a reason to boast. 
<laughs> he went and told his brothers, you know, my sheep was standing up and yours was bowing down to me. He went and told all those things to his brothers. Got his brothers upset. He used it as a boasting to cause his brothers who already hated him because his father made him out to be the, you know, the favorite child or the favorite son. And so they aimed it. So they already hated him. And so this became a boast. And so because of that, um, they despised him, you know, because he boasted of it. His brother already hated him. And this caused them to be envious of him to the point that they wanted to kill him. They wanted to kill. This is how, <laughs> this is how they, he made them feel. Even though he was the youngest, right? He went out and told them that he had this dream that all their bundles are bowing down to his. You know, then he went and got another dream and all the stars are bowing down to him. He even shared that with his father. And his father said, you know, you keep that to yourself. <laughs> because he, his father knew what dreams like this, what words like this, and you share some things like this, it can mean to other people. And they will want to, people would hate you because of your dreams. Um, you know, people could be envious because of your dreams, especially if they already don't like you. And so they already didn't like him because he was favored by his father. Hey, that's, that's news to all parents. Listen, do not pick out your child. If you got multiple kids, do not pick one out and let it be known that this child is your favorite. It will cause envy in your family. So do not do it. Treat them all with love. Even though I know some of our children are far more respectful than others, their brothers and or their sisters, some of them are very, very um, um, respectful and obedient while their brothers and sisters may not be. Well, and I understand you have this, the normal in, inclination to do, want to do more for that child. And that's understood. But you never let it be known, let it be shown that their brothers or their siblings could see that you absolutely favor one of your children over the other. No, you treat them all the same. You treat them with the same love. And I know some children, some of them you can just talk to and they will correct. Some of you have to spank. To, for them to correct. And so you deal with all our children according to how they are, but you should show them all the same level of love. Amen. So let's move on. And so Joseph's boasting caused his brothers who already hated him to become envious to the point they want to kill him. They eventually sold them to the Ishmaelites, who then sold them to Potiphar, the captain of the ruling Pharaoh's guard. Right? So he was a captain of Pharaoh's guard. And so now Joseph was sold to Potiphar. And Joseph, the Bible says Joseph prospered in Potiphar's house because God was with him. Amen. So what was the negative? The negative was he was sold into slavery. David, Joseph was now a slave, but God used it to prop him up. God used it to prosper him. Why? He was the love of God. God had a purpose for his life. God had a purpose for his life. And because God had a purpose for his life, God was God used him being sold into slavery to 
bless him <laughs> to bring about his good. So even though he was a slave, it was working out for his good. <laughs> he was put over his master's house. And eventually, um, he was then lied on by Potiphar's wife. Um, Joseph was an absolutely handsome guy. Not only, not only was he handsome, he was blessed by God. He had the favor of God. And listen, people can see the favor of God on you, okay? Especially when you're performing and you're, you are performing far above everybody else. God's favorite people can see it. And Potiphar's house was blessed because Joseph was there. But then, of course, Satan is going to step in and, you know, use Potiphar's wife. I don't know what she was lacking with her and her husband while her eyes was on Joseph. Whatever it was, it wasn't supposed to be on Joseph. But anyway, and so she tried him and he rejected her. And because of that, he was now thrown into prison. You make it say, Lord, what else can go wrong in this man's life? First, he was hated by his brothers. They want to kill him. Reuben, his older brother, said, no, we're not going to shed our brother's blood. Okay, we're going to throw him in a pit because he was expecting to take him out when his other brothers were not there and send him back home. But when, when Reuben was away, they took him out, sold him to the Ishmaelites. He ended up a slave in Potiphar's house. Now in Potiphar's house, God used that, used that negative outcome of his life and turned it out for his good because he was chief in Potiphar's house, doing very well, excellently. Now his wife, Potiphar's wife, lied on him. Now got him thrown into prison. He was already a slave. Now he's a prisoner. <laughs> he's a convict now, right? Move from slave to convict. It's, it's like sometimes we wonder, when is this going to end, God? When is this going to work? Oh, my good. How am I going to get to my destiny? Well, let's keep on going because this story is not over yet. But in prison, God, God's favor was still on him. And he was in charge. He was placed in charge of the whole prison system. They turned the whole system over to him. God used it to promote him. From ruling over a single house to overseeing a prison system. <laughs> he was over everybody in the prison. I don't know how many hundreds of, of prisoners was there and guards and everything else. But a prisoner was over it. <laughs> God took him. God was teaching him how to rule a house. He did that expertly. Then he moved him to a prison. And he ruled that expertly, so much so that the man who was responsible for the prison turned everything over to Joseph. He didn't have to worry about anything because Joseph, you know, was just doing so expertly. He was doing so well that he turned it. Why? Because God was with him. So here God used him being a convict to promote him. God used it, the evil that was meant for him to be locked up in prison, for him to be forgotten. God used it to promote him, to teach him how to rule over a system. Because remember, that was God's ultimate plan for his life, for him to be a ruler. He had to learn. He had to learn how to rule. He had to learn how to, how to manage. He had to learn how to deal with resources. 
It started in Potiphar's house. Yeah, and then from Potiphar's house into the prison system, he had to learn how to feed hundreds of prisoners. He had to learn how to, you know, to make sure there was enough resources, there was enough guards. He had to make sure everybody was functioning uh, according to their assignment. He had to make sure there was proper shifts and all these things for the prison system to run properly. And he did it all expertly. The Bible said God was with him. And Genesis 39, 21 says, But the Lord was with Joseph in the prison and showed him his faithful love. And the Lord made Joseph a favorite with the prison warden. Before long, the warden put Joseph in charge of all the other prisoners and over everything that happened in the prison. The warden had no more worries because Joseph took care of everything. The Lord was with him and caused everything he did to suck seed. <laughs> Isn't that beautiful? God turned, God used this evil, the lie. That was a lie. The lie was the evil that the adversary to destroy him because ultimately Joseph was going to be a ruler. So in part of his house, God's ultimate plan to be a ruler happened. In the prison, God's ultimate plan for him to be a ruler happened. Amen. So no matter where he was in life, Joseph learned to be content. Why? Because God was ordering his step. So, so from, from prison, he was then called to reign over the land of Egypt. God used all his life's circumstances to ultimately get him to the place he had land for him all along. Now, you've got to ask yourself the question, did Joseph have to be hated by his brothers? Did he have to be sold into slavery? Did he have to go to prison and suffer through all these afflictions for God to ultimately get him to his destined place? The answer to that, in my opinion, is no. <laughs> He didn't have to do any of that. He didn't have to go through that. God simply used what happened to get him there. Listen, God does not have to drag you through the mud for his plans for your life to become a reality. Don't let anybody tell you you had to go to prison. Don't let anybody tell you that. Don't let anybody tell you you had to get sick. No, don't let anybody tell you that. No, Joseph did not have to be hated by his brother. If his father did not treat him, uh, gave him special treatment, if he didn't go out there and brag about his dream, if he kept to himself, kept it to himself, God would have ultimately got him to where he needed to be using other means. Amen. God simply used Joseph's foolishness and his brother's hatred to ultimately get him over Egypt. As a matter of fact, at the end of it, Joseph said to his brother, what you meant for bad, God just turned around for my good. Okay? So you don't have to, God does not have to drag you through the mud to get you to your ultimate destiny. God doesn't have to make you sick to prove to you that he can heal you. What kind of father would he be? If he was making you sick just to give you the medicine to show you that, yes, I, I have the medicine for your sickness when he's the one who made you sick. 
No, God does not have to do any of those things. God simply uses. Remember, this is for those who love God and are called according to God's purpose. Amen. He simply uses sometimes our mistakes, sometimes our foolishness, and sometimes it's the acts of others to us. God had never allowed those things to block his plan, his ultimate plan for your life. He simply blesses you in the midst of it. Amen. He simply keeps you in the midst of it. He keeps on watching over you in the midst of it. So even though Joseph was thrown in a pit, God was with him in the pit. When he was sold into slavery, God was with him in slavery. When he was sold to Potiphar, God was with him in Potiphar's house. When Potiphar's wife lied on him and he got thrown in prison, God was simply with him in prison. And God used all those circumstances, some because of what he did and what he said, and, and others, and some because of what others said or others did. God used all those circumstances to bring about his ultimate plan for your um, Joseph's life. So no matter what it is, sometimes we make mistakes and sometimes other people just do stuff against us. God can still use it. God will still use those things because his ultimate plan for your life is not canceled by your foolishness. God's ultimate plan for your life is not canceled because you made a mistake. It is not. You shared your dream and now people just doing all kinds of stuff to, to stop the dream from happening. So you're going to hell to try to get around some of these things. Listen, God is with you and you're still going to succeed if you are a lover of God. So God simply plans for our mistakes and adjust, he adjusts the process to bring us to our destiny. Let me say that once again. God simply plans for our mistakes and adjusts the process to bring us to our destiny. That's what he does. Amen. In Job 23 in verse 10, this is what the Bible says. But he knoweth the way that I take. And when he has tried me, I shall come forth as gold. Did you see that? God knows the way you take. <laughs> and the testing you have to go through on the pathway that you go, God already knows. And he, Job said, I'm going to come forth as pure gold. Listen, we must never forget God's overarching plan for our lives. And that's, Je that's Jeremiah 29, verse 11. This is what God says, For I know the plans I have for you, saith the Lord. There are plans for good and not for disaster to give you a future and a hope. Don't ever forget that. God's plan is for all of eternity. It's not just for the temporary time. It's not just for time. It's for eternity. God's plan is for your eternal existence. It's not just for time. And so many of us just focus on what's happening to us in time and never understand God is really working out our eternal good. <laughs> Amen. Some of us will die in the earth 
were under bad circumstances, bad accidents, sickness and disease and all this stuff. And even we're, even though we're saved, sanctified and filled with the Holy Ghost and living our lives for the Lord in time, it looks bad. But God is working out our eternal good. Amen. You know, Psalm 37, verse 23 says, King James Version, y'all know very well, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighted in his way. Look at verse what 20, verse 24 says. Verse 24 says, though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down, for the Lord upholdeth him with his hand. You see that? And so even though Joseph made mistakes. God upholded him. Even though his brothers hated him and sold him, sold him into slavery, God was with him, that's what scripture said, and upheld him. Listen, you may go through hell. You may go through waters, whatever it is. You may go through whatever. We all going to have go through something. Jesus says, in this world, in this life, we're going to have afflictions, but he said, rejoice, for I have already overcome. If you are love of God, you're living your life according to God's word. God is going to use every circumstance, good or evil, to bring about your eternal salvation. Amen. Because ultimately, this is what it's all about. And for us to spend all of eternity in his presence. And so don't be overly concerned about every single thing that's going on. And, you know, you, you, we spend so much time talking about the, what the devil is doing. We, we, we should have turned it around and just give God praise because we ultimately know that God will turn it around for our good. We know the adversary comes to what steal, kill and destroy. But we must not forget that Jesus came that we may have life and have it more abundantly. And some of the things we go through is that we may learn the statutes of God, that we may learn the laws of God. Whom he loved, he also chastens. David said in Psalms 119 verse 71, It is good for me that I have been afflicted, that I may learn thy statutes. Whatever it is that God wants us to learn, sometimes we may be afflicted, but he's going to work it out for your eternal good. Amen. And so we can praise God in the midst of everything. That's why scripture tells us in all things, give thanks. Why? Because this is God's will for your life. Mm -mm -mm. Yeah, God's going to use it to work out his will for your life. Amen. I pray that this morning's manna was good for you and you have a different perspective as to the things that goes on and what happens in your life. You have a different perspective of it and you can see things at a whole nother realm. Amen. Let us pray. Father, we thank you again for your love, your mercy, your grace. We thank you, Father, because we know ultimately that you love us and you have a plan for us and your thought for us are always for good and never for evil and god you will cause all things to work out for our good 
Lord, if we are your, if we are walking in obedience to your word, we have proven that we love you. And because we love you, God, you order our steps. You make provision even for our missteps and our mistakes. You make provision for it, God. God, whether we do it or others do it to us, God, because we are your children, you will use every circumstance for our good. We thank you, Father, because we are never alone. We thank you because you're always with us. You never leave us. You never forsake us, but you are with us even unto the end. And so this morning, God, we can celebrate you. We can praise you because it'll ultimately work out for our good. So God, whatever we have to learn in every season, God, whatever we have to deal with, I pray, God, that we will have an understanding that you are with us and ultimately it will be for our good. And so, Father, we thank you again for the favor that's on our head the increase on our hands, and the swiftness that is on our feet. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for forgiving our past, preserving our present, and guaranteeing our future. For there is not a feeble one among us. But we are healthy, we are wealthy, we are strong in you, our Lord, and in the power of your might. For though our beginning was small, our latter end has greatly increased. And we know the end reveal is a sure thing. God bless you.